the Adoptive Mom Podcast. Adoption may look different for each family, but we need solidarity from other crazy people who took this leap. And that is what we do here. We encourage, we build up, we share the wins and losses. We lean on each other and we get through this together. Thanks for joining us. social distancing, everyone, and welcome to the Adoptive Mom Podcast. My name is Alex Fitton, and I am here as your resident extrovert, just bursting at the seams with the need to talk to all the adoption people and then share them with the world. You guys can find me on Facebook at Alex Fitton and the Adoptive Mom Podcast and on Instagram at the Adoptive Mom. This right here is season six, episode seven, or episode 85, if we're totaling it all up. Okay, so last week we talked about race and culture and ethnicity, and this week we are talking all about money, so we are hitting on all of the social faux pas, and I would say that we're covering religion next, but we do that every week anyway, so here we are. (laughs) To share with us all of her financial and money wisdom, we are sitting down with Sarah Putney Ramos, a financial expert and adoptee. Sarah is a wife, dog mom, and personal finance coach. She paid off over $65,000 of her debt in the past four years, and her mission is to help women stop stressing about their debt. She uses her experience and knowledge to partner with women in figuring out and improving their finances. So Sarah and I talked about how finances incorporate with adoption and how we can be good stewards of our money while also spending a ton of it on our kids. She even has a special offer for AMP listeners, so definitely stay tuned for that. Before we go talk to Sarah, though, I want to invite you guys to a very elite and special community. It's Team AMP over on Patreon. Each week, Team AMP members get tons of bonus content like Bible studies, bonus interviews with each and every guest, and more. Because of that freaking coronavirus, these VIPs are getting new episodes of the newest bonus show, America's Mom, each and every day to help with our new roles as homeschooling, stay-at-home, at-all-times moms. Also, extra AUAs right now as well. It's just raining content over there, you guys. And I want you to opt in by heading to patreon.com slash the adoptive mom. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash the adoptive mom. Go now. Do it now. And all right, guys, let's go talk with Sarah. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm so excited to be speaking with you. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited because this is going to be kind of a little like a different episode, which is really fun uh, because you have a really cool personal story, but you also have a really cool personal mission and we're going to hear all about that. But first, can you just introduce us to yourself and your family? Yeah, absolutely. So I am Sarah Putney. Um, I am married, so I go by Sarah Putney Ramos right now. And um, 
I am a personal finance coach, a dog mom, and um, I'm just really passionate about what you're doing, talking about foster care system and adoption because it's really relevant in my life. And I know we're going to get more into that. So I'm not going to go into the detail now. (laughs) But that's really cool. So did you did you go to school for that or was that a career shift for you later in life? So I actually didn't go to school for it. I have two degrees, one in psychology and one in criminal justice. Originally, I thought that I wanted to be in the FBI, but as I went through school, I learned that wasn't the right path for me. And after graduating um, today, so many students have student loan debt, and I was right there with them. And I knew there had to be a way to pay off all the debt that I had. So I started educating myself. And the more I educated myself and paid off my own debt, I saw how I could help others because I know so many people out there, not only in student loan debt, but are in credit card debt as well. And everyone has mortgages. So I saw that personal finances were so important in everyone's lives. And I love that you, you know, you saw a need and you not just, you not only just met it for yourself, but you made it like, I can help others through this, which is just really cool. And I know we'll get into that, but I know that you also have an adoption story as well. Um, could, do you mind telling us that whole thing? Not at all. I'm so happy to share. So it's a little hard to follow. I'm going to use the terms adoptive mom and biological mom. So both of them grew up in the same household. My adoptive mom and biological mom were actually adopted into the same family. Unfortunately, um, they grew up around alcohol, and my biological mom became a drug addict and alcoholic as a teenager and carried it throughout her adulthood. Um, So... My adoptive mom, since they grew up as sisters, saw the need to take care of me, and she babysat me since I was born. And at the age of six weeks, I guess that there was an incident that occurred and decided that it wasn't a good idea to give me back to my biological mom. My biological mom wasn't fit to care for me and decided to go to a judge and ask for custody. So from the age of six weeks all the way until now, um, at 25 years old, she's always had custody of me. Unfortunately, my biological parents never regained custody and unfortunately did both pass away as a result of their diseases. Um, The good news is that I do have a fully biological brother named Zach. He went into foster care around the age of five years old and then was adopted by the um, same family that took him in for foster care. That's really cool. So do you guys geographically live close together now? Yeah, we do. So we actually only live about 30 minutes apart and we always grew up knowing each other and spending time together and have always had a great relationship. Wow. So did you also have any kind of a relationship with your bio parents growing up or were they pretty distant from you? I knew who they were, but I didn't have a close relationship when I went to go visit him before he went into foster care. So I was under the age of seven and he was under the age of five. I know that I would visit him with our biological parents and spend time together, but because I was so little, I don't actually remember it. Gotcha. So bring us to now. What is your relationship with your adoptive family now? What was the 
what was the, um, I don't know, the kind of the language, the conversations that you guys had surrounding adoption throughout your life? Yeah. So my adoptive mom, I actually don't refer to her as my adoptive mom with anybody else other than people who kind of know the story or asking questions. I've always just called her mom because she's had me since six weeks old. And I really consider someone that takes care of you and raises you as your mom. I don't think that there needs to be a blood relationship, which I know that you agree with. And, um, it's just always been that way. So when I say, uh, that I have this biological brother, people kind of question, Oh, well, how's your relationship? And we didn't grow up in the same house. So we didn't fight like brother and sister, but I think that we have such an incredible dynamic. And it's so interesting now that we're both adults seeing the qualities that I took from my adoptive mom, but then seeing biologically the qualities that my brother and I have, even though we didn't grow up in the same household, it's just truly amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And do you think that, um, do you see any, I don't know, just trauma in him as a result of his, him having a different story than yours, uh, your trajectory being that you, you were with your, your parents or your mom from when you were six weeks old, versus him who had a little bit more time? I don't think so. I know that we've had conversations around it before, and he did experience some very unfortunate things that he remembers from when he was little, but I think that he was raised by an incredible family, and they adopted him within a couple of years of fostering him, that that nurturing from such a young age has helped with everything he experienced when he was so little. That's so incredible. And so what is that, what has that meant for your adulthood? Just knowing your story and having such, I don't know, like a deep understanding of where you came from and why you, why you are now the way you are and why you've had success in life. And I mean, not that that's all owed to them. I'm just meaning, you know, you could have had a very different story and the fact that you didn't, you know, how, what is that, how has that shaped your adulthood? Yeah. So I think that it's made me more grateful for life. If that makes sense in a sense that I can see a different path my life could have taken had I not been taken out of a dangerous situation and adopted. I really could have been in a very different place. So I'm grateful for every day. I also think, and it's so funny saying this since I'm only 25, but knowing my biological parents growing up, what they went through, and then having them pass both of them pass away when I was a teenager made me more wise throughout my years because I knew the unfortunate circumstances that are out there and I was very close to them. So it made me see the good in things and kind of have to grow up a little faster, which definitely isn't a bad thing. Yeah. I think uh, that's really interesting. Um, and you, you know, you, you see people like that and you, you see how they interact with their peers and how they interact with people who are older than them. And they just seem so much better. Um, I say they, like, I'm not talking about you, but (laughs) you guys just seem so much, you know, better shaped and prepared for the things that life throws at you because it's a lot. And when you've been dealt a hard, a difficult card, like you have that grace and that, um, 
I don't know, wisdom really pays off. And I feel like pays off is a really weird way to say it, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And it's so funny because you say dealt a difficult card and I've never looked at it that way because it's the life that I was given and I wouldn't change it for the world. And I don't know if that's just my perspective or how other people see it as well. But it's like when I tell people I'm adopted and their first reaction, if they don't have the foster care adoption in their life, ends up being, I'm so sorry. And I kind of laugh it off and say, there's nothing to be sorry about. It's made me who I am today. Yeah. I love that. And so I know that your husband has some adoption on his side as well. And that has, um, I don't know, spurred you guys to make this decision that when you're ready to have kids, you guys are, are open to adoption and you want to do that, which I love. I always love it when kids who have come from adoption want to adopt themselves because so many people look at that and they say, you know, that was, that was trauma. That's going to be a trigger, et cetera, et cetera. Or like, I would, I would love to have just a quote, normal, you know, family life. And so I love it when I hear adoptees talk about wanting that to be part of their, their family journey as well. Yeah. It's kind of like a tradition. And my brother's family also adopted another son who is now a teenager. And I see, um, how his childhood is affecting him now as a teenager. He's kind of still working through some things, but I'm so grateful that we have him in our lives because I still consider him my brother, even though there's no brother relation, we didn't grow up in the same household. And it's something that I see how great of a life that they have given him after everything he's went through. And then on my husband's side of the family, the adoption that they talk about, ah, there's so much benefit in it and you can change someone's life by just bringing a child into your family, um, who really needs it. That's awesome. And so have you guys thought about what you want that to look like for your family going forward? We're actually not sure. I was on the fence about having kids to be quite honest. And I was actually walking our dog Chester, um, who we fostered then adopted a couple years ago. And, um, we recently bought a house And as I was walking around the neighborhood, a little girl came up to me. She was probably around five or six years old and said, can I pet your dog? And I said, absolutely. And so I'm like sitting, talking with her while she's petting the dog. And she goes, guess what? And I said, what's up? She said, I'm a foster kid. And I said, oh my gosh, that is amazing. I said, my brother was a foster kid too. And she just had so much charisma and enthusiasm. And she was so proud of the fact that she was a foster child and she got to live with her foster brother and his family. And I said, oh my gosh, I said, when we're ready to have kids, like fostering is what I want to do because this little girl just made my day by telling me that and being so open with it that I know that there are more children out there who are just like her and I can provide help and conversation and somewhere to call home. And I think you touched on something that is similar to your story and that you, you always knew at least a P you know, an age appropriate piece of your story, right? Like you always knew that you were adopted. You always knew where you came from, right? Yeah, I did. And so you were able to be proud of that. And I think that that is, 
something that in everyone that I've ever interviewed, that's the most common thing that people are always so happy that they didn't have this big reveal when, you know, the kid is eight years old and, you know, they sit down and it's always better. It seems like when you know all throughout your life or when it's always a part of your story. And it sounds like for that girl, she could be proud of it. You know, that wasn't a taboo thing for her. And it sounds like that's going to be what you do for your future kids someday too, which I love just saying like, Hey, in this house, you get to be proud of that. Um, I don't know. Is that, is that kind of describing what you're feeling? Yeah, absolutely. And it makes you who you are before you said something about like a normal family. And it's so funny because when I was little, I thought I was the only child who didn't have this quote unquote normal family. And as I got older, I realized not, yes, not every family has foster children or adoption in their family, but there's no such thing as normal when it comes to family and family relationships. So we can always provide a different family dynamic in whatever way we see fit. Love that. So I want to shift gears and talk about what you do professionally. And by the way, just fun fact, I also have a minor in criminal justice. So fellow, (laughs) fellow criminal (laughs) justice nerd, um, Mine turned out that it was because I was in college. I was a comm major, um, which is fitting because I have a podcast now. But I needed so many – I forget how it was. I needed so many, like, upper-level credits. So I basically – I needed a minor, but I hadn't selected a minor yet. And criminal justice was in the same college. And so I was like, well, this will be the easiest route. But I ended up falling in love with it. And so that's totally my, like, alternate reality. I I would work for the FBI or something. So uh, that is so interesting because mine is actually my primary major going into college was psychology, but I knew that I could not get a job if I just graduated with a psychology degree. So I decided to double major in criminal justice. It was something just to like add on, just like you did. That's awesome. It's so fun. It's really interesting to me, but I'm kind of like, I'm one of those creeps that likes to listen to, you know, true crime and read about murder and stuff like that. But All of that said, I am so excited to talk to you about what you do now, which is personal finance. And I think that that is, I don't know, it's really neat. And I think that it's really going to speak to the people who are listening because we, you know, when you, when you add in so many different elements, like we do, you know, you have biological kids and then you have foster kids and you have adopted kids and you have other people hanging around and just all these extra things into our lives that complicate things. Finances are definitely one of those things that gets complicated first, I would say. So what, what draws you to, to helping in this way? And what have you seen from the adoption side or the adoption world or the foster care world? What needs have you seen come out of the financial situation? Yeah. So What has driven me to really do this, like I said, was my student loans. So I graduated college with around $60,000 or $65,000 in student loan debt. Plus, I had a credit card. Plus, I decided to lease a car when I graduated because my car was a 2002 Honda Civic, and it was over 10 years old and just not working. So I leased a car, and then within the first couple years... 
I was over my mileage and I said, oh, now I have to buy the car out and I'm in more debt. So what can I do to really get ahead in my finances? And I started learning and reading and coming up with plans. And I've always been a numbers person. I've always been interested in math, but it wasn't something that I wanted to study in college. So having to figure out how to pay off my debt was a fun way for me to play with numbers. So as I started creating these plans for myself and these goals, I started quickly chipping away at the debt. However, unfortunately, I became so obsessed with it that when people say they're a shopaholic, I was on the other end of the spectrum. I would not spend any money. It was very scary for me to go out and spend five or ten dollars. Um, and I didn't do anything fun. So while I was chipping away at this debt and paid off all this money in four years, I wasn't enjoying my life. And what I see is that I can help people with their personal finances and with their debt. But when I'm working with my clients, it's so much more than that. It's identifying their goals and letting them know that they can have their finances in order and enjoy their life at the same time. And like you said, when foster children are brought in or children are adopted and there's different family dynamics, the last thing that anyone needs is to be worrying about their money. There's enough stress on the table as it is that why not have the money in order to make things easier for you and have one less thing to worry about. So what I found is, especially when children are involved, and if it's a single parent household, having the finances in order makes it easier on yourself. But if it's a um, multiple parent household, it creates great communication around money with the adults but also with the children, because the children are seeing it's okay to talk about money. It's okay to figure things out and have them in order. Whether you're an organized person or not, it doesn't really matter because it all comes down to that awareness. So it's really great for the adults in reducing their stress, but also for the children and learning about finances from an early age. You just said so many things that I love. I don't even know what to comment on first. Um, but the big thing that sticks out to me is just the lack of stress, because I think that for so many of us, money can be so stressful. And you're right as adoptive moms, especially as you know, there are a lot of different types of adoptive moms listening in, but for me and my story, it, it was through foster care. And so there's lots of trauma coming in and that, that can just steal your capacity quicker than you know what to do with it. And the last thing you're right. The last thing I want to think about is, is money and I don't know. I think that it's really cool that you take all of that stress off. And I'm excited to talk to you about how, which I know you're not going to give away all of your tricks and I don't want you to, <laughs> but I, you sent me something in email, in an email where you talked about, you don't actually believe in budgets. And that fascinates me because we at least really try to live by a budget, but it just doesn't happen every month because again, we have all of this other stuff going on and that feels like, something that's really stressful that can go and be taken off our plate um, some months. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Do you want me to dig into a little bit more about why I don't believe in them? I do. I want you to talk to us about your, your methods and how, um, I don't know, give us a taste of how you can take that stress away, like you said, or you can help to take the stress away. <laughs> 
Yeah. So I believe that budgets create more stress because what it's do is creating something that you have to follow and stick to. It's telling you how to spend your money and exactly how much to put towards different categories every month. But let's say you guys want to go out for ice cream or want to do something fun. If it's not in the budget, people who really follow budgets are not going to go do it. And to me, that's just not a way to live life. You should be enjoying yourself and doing what you want. So what I like to implement with my clients is a budget guideline, which is where we just create the awareness around their current spending to see if it aligns with who they are and how their family wants to be spending their money. If it's not how they want to be spending their money, then they make adjustments and say, okay, well, I want to spend more money in this area, so I need to shift money in some other areas. And it's more guideline just not to dictate your spending, but give you awareness around where you're putting your money. That's really fascinating. And so when you, when you sit down with your clients, does it, um, and I know that we're going to talk later about how, how you manage these assessments, but what is, what is kind of the first step and is it unpacking what they're actually spending? How long does it take you to do these assessments? Yeah. So I offer a free assessment, but when I meet with the clients, we really dig into a deeper assessment that takes about an hour. And yeah, it's looking at their income and what they're spending their money on. So a lot of the time people forget with their income, if they're just looking at a pay stub to account for income taxes and health care and any retirement accounts that they're contributing to. So we look at that. And then overall, we look at total in debts and interest rates, as well as any assets that anyone owns, because assets and overall debt really play into your current financial standing from a holistic perspective. Gotcha. Okay. So if we're going to circle back to adoption, where, where do you see all of this fitting into an adoptive family with lots of stuff going on with, um, I mean, frankly, if you're going through foster care, you have, um, you have subsidy amounts changing constantly. How, how do you look at that differently than you would a normal client? Yeah, so that's really where it's variable, and we have to account that the amounts are going to be different every month. So what I recommend is all of my clients, I suggest having an emergency savings fund of at least $500, but in situations where it is going to amounts are going to vary month to month. It's good to just have extra in the account if possible. I know it's not possible for everybody. And that's where we sit down and talk about it because it is on an individual basis. But so that for a month where there's not as much in the account as you need, you have a little bit saved over from previous amounts to help, excuse me, from previous months to help make up for that. Wow. Um, and I, I know that, you know, listeners, I know that that can feel like a lot of math, but I, 
not a lot of math, not that we're doing math here, but a lot of like numbers and technical stuff that I think that these practical, these practical tips can do so much for our lifestyle and our livelihood and everything else. And I'm, I'm so excited that you're able to share these things with us and that you're able to offer some hope because you're the way, what you described when you were talking about how much debt you were in and just this, it can feel like such a black hole of why even try, or this is just spinning out of control. I'm never going to be out be able to get out of this. So what kind of advice would you offer, um, people who are feeling that way right now? Um, especially if they're feeling like they have to care for other people and they're supposed to be the ones who have it all together, but they so don't in this area. So I always recommend starting with a deep breath. I want to tell everybody that it's okay. I know that money is a stressful topic and the more awareness you have around things, the better it will be. But if you can't get to that awareness right now and figuring things out, I know math is not fun. People don't like sitting down and figuring out the numbers. I want to tell you to ask for help. If you know someone in your life that's really good with their finances or good with numbers, sit down with them and ask for a helping hand because people do want to help you and reaching out for help will reduce your stress. Good stuff, girl. So when we pull, like I said, when we pull it back to adoption, when I was talking about earlier, we have these, we have these closing questions that we usually ask. And I want to ask you to really filter that through what you do and your background with adoption as well. You cool with that? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So if you could have known something at the very beginning of your of your journey just uh, in healing or in in figuring out what how you mix these two important components of your life what what do you wish you had known I wish that from the time I was little I had known kind of the path ahead that my biological parents would both pass away from their illnesses, unfortunately. Um, and then I would have been able to spend more time with them. I do believe that money allows us to do so much in our lives and that we should be grateful for it. And in relation to finances, I always kind of wonder if they had the financial support, would they have been able to get the rehabilitation and help that they needed? So, um, I just kind of wish that I had known what was coming so that I could have spent more time with them, but also seen from a financial aspect what lied ahead so that maybe I could have spoken up earlier in my life, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's a really powerful answer. Um, and that, that's super deep. Um, I love that. Sorry. I'm like a little taken, not taken off guard, but man, there, there's a lot packed into that. Um, what do you wish you had done differently? I actually don't wish I had done anything differently. I don't really know if that's an answer, sure. but I'm really happy with the way that my life is and it's made me the person I am today. So I wouldn't change anything. Hey, good answer, girl. So Growing up and in just this transformation of what you, you know, the, this difference between what you went to college for and what you do now, what is the best way that you have felt supported throughout your life? 
That's such a good question. I, outside of my mom and I, it's really only my biological brother and his family, but I'm really lucky to have so many family friends and such a large network from my mom's perspective that it's like I have this huge extended family with no blood relation where different holidays and different events, we would be going to different family parties that we weren't even related to. And they have all shown me so much support throughout my life that I am so grateful, whether it's just being there to spend the holidays with or talking to me about important topics or helping raise me, I couldn't have asked for anything better. I love that. Um, and I think that that speaks to such an important thing that we talk about here on the podcast a lot, which is just opening your eyes and looking around and saying, who, who needs that extra love? Who needs to be seen? Who, you know, who needs to be invited in? And it sounds like you had those people there to catch you, which is so great. And on the flip side, I always ask, what is the way that you felt least supported or most misunderstood throughout your life? wanting to have a relationship with my biological parents. I know that they were unfit to care for me and not in the best state of minds when they were on their drugs and on their alcohols, or excuse me, drinking their alcohol. Um, But just to have that opportunity growing up to have had more conversations with them and kind of get to to know them better as human beings is something that I wish people in my life would have understood. That's a good one. Um, so if you were to sum it all up into one piece of advice or encouragement for adoptive families and more specifically for you, for adoptive families who are struggling with their finances, what would you say? That it all starts with asking for help. If you don't want to look at the numbers, definitely reach out to someone. I know I already said that, but I think that we should always ask for help because there are people that want to help you and it's never too late to reach out for a helping hand. Love it. So before we go, and Sarah and I are going to be having a Patreon members only conversation here in a minute, just to get to know Sarah a little bit better. Super excited for that. But before we sign off from this main episode, I want to talk about how we can access you, how we can find you online and how we can reach out to you for help. Like you just said, we should do to someone, but how can we reach out to you? Yeah, so my company is called Positive Personal Finances because I integrate the psychology and wellness into personal finances as well. So anyone can go to positivepersonalfinances.com. I'm also offering a free financial assessment to your listeners. So if they want to check that out, they can go to sarahputney.com. That's S-A-R-A-P-U-T-N-E-Y.com. Awesome. Do they need a code or anything or will they be able to just find out how to access that free assessment from there? Yep. Once they go straight to that website, the free assessment will pop right up. Awesome. And you guys, that's not, I mean, I, I actually don't know where you live, Sarah. So she's not local to here and that can be accessed by anyone anywhere. So it's not just a local uh, resource, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I do meet with um, clients from throughout the United States 
everything is done virtually through video conferencing. So location is not an obstacle. Love it. I love that. Okay. Well, you guys, we're going to go have that fun conversation right now, but we're going to sign off for all of you. If you want to hear us get to know Sarah better and uh, learn the answers to questions like, what is your favorite boy band? Then head to patreon.com slash the adoptive mom. But for now, thanks, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. so much for listening to the adoptive mom podcast. I hope you found encouragement here. I need you to know that you are enough and you're doing a great job. We are all in this together and I am over here cheering you on. Don't forget to check out show notes for this episode and other resources at the adoptive mom Thanks for joining us.